morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy, happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope you took my advice. I hope you didn't watch Pacers Hornets last night. I really hope that you took my advice because, oh my goodness, it was even better than I thought it was. Not only was it a terrible game, not only was it not interesting in the slightest, but it was a 30-point blowout. 24 points at half. 30-point victory for the Indiana Pacers. Mwah! Perfect. When a troll like that ends as perfectly as that one did, chef's kiss doesn't get any better than that. So I hope you heeded my advice and you ignored that Pacers-Hornets game last night. Welcome in to day two of the magical NBA play-in tournament that is captivating the nation with 20-point blowouts and 30-point blowouts in the Eastern Conference. But hey, the Boston Celtics are going to lose in a series to the Brooklyn Nets, and it at least will give us something to talk about for a few days. And we talked about on our live stream, which you can check out on YouTube right now uh we talked about what would the celtics roster look like if he came back next year and we've talked about this on the radio show we even talked a little bit about it on the podcast but once we worked through it just imagine the celtics walk back next year with a starting five of patrick beverly jalen brown jason tatum marcus morris stephen adams and then off the bench you work in Evan Fournier, you work in Marcus Smart, you work in Aaron Neesmith, you work in Ro- Romeo Langford, you work in Peyton Pritchard, who might be on the team, might not, kind of depends how you feel about that trade. There's a lot of opportunities there for Boston. But anyways, in the short term, Boston is going to get to play against the Brooklyn Nets. And I told you I was very confident in the the Wizards beating the Celtics, but I also have Two points to focus on here. One, I did say Vegas was hammering heavy money on Washington. That house was betting on Boston because only about 22% of the bets on FanDuel said that they were taking the Boston or taking the yeah, taking the Boston Celtics. So they were banking heavy on the Boston Celtics. And lo and behold, Jason Tatum dropped a 50 burger. A damn 50 burger on the Washington Wizards and their terrible defense, which I guess is something you could have accounted for. And two, which I did not account for when I said I would take the Wizards at like seven and a half and also lose my money betting the Wizards plus one last night. Did not realize Kemba Walker was healthy and did not realize Marcus Smart was going to play. I told you Marcus Smart was a toss-up, but did not realize Kemba Walker was going to play in that game. And then also for Charlotte, Gordon Hayward being out was kind of the nail in the coffin for them. But nobody really cares about the Pacers. So the Pacers will probably end up being, well, they play the Wizards next. That Wizards-Pacers game might be kind of interesting. I mean, both teams are kind of irrelevant and going to get smacked by the 76ers. But who who cares? It's it's winner-go-home basketball, and maybe just maybe we'll get a play-in game where the winner-go-home mentality is actually as close as it is. 
and we actually have a close game instead of Charlotte just laying down and saying, yeah, we had a good season. We made the play in round. Congratulations to the Charlotte Hornets on escaping Kemba Walker ninth seed purgatory. You are now the 10th seed and LaMelo Ball's career trajectory is starting to look a lot like Kemba Walker. So congratulations to the Charlotte Hornets. At least now you've got Gordon Hayward and he can help you make the sixth seed next year. Best of luck to you down the road. I don't know how you fit into this weird landscape in the Eastern Conference. So sayonara, Charlotte. And uh, to all the Charlotte fans who are still in my DMs over the fact that I made a joke on comical sports memes. Well, really, Twitter was where it blew up, but that's the formatting option for our Instagram. The fact that I made a joke about the Charlotte Hornets being the team that chose not to give Kemba Walker $40 million only to give 47 mil to Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. And then the Michael Jordan laughing meme. And they're still coming at me over that one. Enjoy your 10th seed purgatory and enjoy now being behind the Hawks in the, the changing landscape of the East behind the 76ers, the bucks for now, the nets. I don't know what the nets look like even next year. Um, and then we'll see where you fit in the rest of that landscape after that, because, uh, to be honest, it's kind of a toss-up where you go right now. Washington, you got one more shot to get a playoff series and uh, at least prove me kind of right because I said Washington would be the sixth seed at the start of the season. What I was definitely wrong about, and I went back to the archives, um, was saying that Utah could be anywhere from a four seed or, like I expect, a 12 seed. And giving Rudy Gobert a five-year extension was a terrible idea. And uh, I found that in the archives the other day. That did... Uh, that aged very terribly from the start of the season. When I, I knew I was low on the Utah Jazz, I didn't realize I had them as the Sacramento Kings. Like I did, I didn't realize I had them as that defeated, and that you know Rudy Gobert was that bad, or that they could trade Rudy Gobert. I think the scenario I had was them trading Rudy Gobert to Sacramento. I think that was the mid-season scenario where it's like everything starts falling apart. Rudy Gobert is going to be a free agent and trade him, but they gave him a five-year extension, and he finished sixth in the league in efficiency rating and win shares. So. That did not age very well on my part. Thought I'd bring that up because it's uh, fresh on my mind right now. But you had that. You had Boston confirming the Vegas odds. Tonight's the big Lakers-Warriors game. It's at 10 p.m. Eastern. Not, li not like I'm not plugging things for the league right now. But uh, that is the, the thing. It's, it's basketball with stakes, people. You don't know if you're ever going to get to see a LeBron-Steph game like that again. It's basketball with stakes. You got to tune in and see. And if you want a bigger reason for why, check out Tuesday's episode of the Take It Easy podcast. If you want a deeper reason for why, you should tune into that game because it's going to be freaking awesome. So check that out as well. It's going to be really fun. The playing round was kind of fun yesterday, as long as you took my advice and didn't watch Pacers and Hornets. Because even that blowout Celtics-Wizards game, it's still the Wizards took the lead in the second half. The Wizards had the lead in the second half at one point. So at the very least, it was still infinitely interesting to see two really good teams go head to head, even though the Wizards, I think, in the first and fourth or first and third quarter made like one three pointer combined. That's probably what doomed him in the end. Also, Jason Tatum's 50 point game, but I think he took 30 shots. Play in basketball, basketball with stakes, playoff basketball is here. Make sure you didn't watch Pacers Hornets, and I tried to warn you. So anyone who wasted their time kind of got what they deserved. Tried to warn you. I care about you.
the what if wednesdays are back y'all after a brief hiatus for some nba and nfl talk over the past couple weeks what if wednesdays are back in action everybody and this is a good one we've got this week on the what if wednesday pipeline because when doing what if stories around the nba one of the few things that creates interesting small innocuous events in the grand scheme of things are what would have happened if this team or this player had changed one little thing which leads to an entire superstar or multiple superstars ending up on different teams because in the NBA the way to change the future landscape of the sport put superstars on different teams it is always the way to go about that and so What we have today is a fascinating chain of events that leads from a meaningless Baron Davis trade in 2010 all the way to LeBron James teaming up with a generation's second great icon, Kevin Durant. What if the Los Angeles Clippers and Donald Sterling hadn't traded Kyrie Irving for Mo Williams. And the story is a little more in-depth than that, but let's get into the frame of mind by going back to early 2010. It's 2010. LeBron James has just left the Cleveland Cavaliers to go to the Miami Heat. The Cavs are left in a total limbo. And as an organization, the Cavs are left with basically nobody at this point. The Cavs have Mo Williams, who was LeBron's second best teammate he ever played with. I think the only all-star teammate LeBron ever played with during his first stint in Cleveland. They've still got a year of Zadruna Silzowskis. And other than that, they ain't got very much. I remember playing 2K11 with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was a barren roster. They also had Anton Jameson. I believe was on those teams, but there wasn't much else there for Cleveland. And speaking of a barren roster, the Los Angeles Clippers had gotten the number one pick in the NBA draft a couple years before and selected future superstar Blake Griffin, who had dealt with knee injuries his rookie year, but then in 2010 played and won the Rookie of the Year award in his second year. And so the Clippers are going into that with like, hey, Blake Griffin is the future of our team and we should be prepared to build around him. The other piece that the Clippers had at this point was a 24, 25-year-old star named DeAndre Jordan, undrafted or second-round pick, I think undrafted out of Texas A&M, and he had become this amazing dominant center leading the league in rebounding and shooting close to 60%. I'm sorry, that's what he was going to become. At this point, DeAndre Jordan is a barely starting center in his fourth year with the Clippers, about to get a contract extension with the team. And the Clippers had Baron Davis. And Baron Davis had signed a five-year, $65 million contract with the Clippers, which at the time was just short of a max contract. And like much of the Clippers moves of the 1980s, 1990s, and 2000s, 
the Baron Davis move was a huge hindsight in well in hindsight a huge mistake by the organization. And so Baron Davis had 3 years left on this 5-year contract and the Clippers wanted to offload that deal on Blake Griffin. I'm sorry, on Baron Davis, knowing that they had Blake Griffin who had jumped over a car just weeks earlier with Baron Davis tossing him the basketball. This is now 2011. It's the NBA trade deadline. No deal gets done there. But then at the last minute, right after Blake Griffin dunks a basketball, no deal, sorry, let's rephrase that. No deal gets done when Baron Davis is tossing a basketball to Blake Griffin through a car. That's what I meant to say first off. So Baron Davis tosses a basketball to Blake Griffin through a car, and a week or so later, he gets traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavs agreed to take on Baron Davis's three years and $39 million, which at this point is like two and a half years and 30, let's see, $32 million. If he about right, prorated $32, $33 million at two and a half when the max contract was 16 a year in the NBA. So this was a big contract, mind you. And in exchange, the Cleveland Cavaliers demanded an unprotected first round pick from the Clippers, which was something that did that happened more often then than it does now. Like teams now will obviously protect those top lottery picks because of how golden they are. They're literally like golden tickets. Why like, when Vucevic gets traded, the Bulls acknowledge, all right, we'll take Vucevic, but we have to get top four protections on each of our first round picks. And Orlando obliges. Like most teams take the protections on those picks because nobody wants to do what the Clippers ended up doing, which was giving away an unprotected first round pick to the Cleveland Cavaliers in exchange for Mo Williams and the Baron Davis contract getting taken off their books. So they flip Baron Davis to the Cavs. They take on Mo Williams. They send their first round pick in 2011 to the Cavs. And the Clippers win the NBA lottery with a 1% chance of getting the pick. I think they finished with the ninth worst record that year or eighth worst record and end up winning the lottery and their pick unprotected goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers and it becomes Kyrie Irving. So what would have happened if the Clippers had swallowed their pride, decided to pass the trade deadline without moving Baron Davis with the intention of moving him at some point and then getting the number one pick and selecting Kyrie Irving. How does that change the landscape of NBA history for the Clippers, for the Cavaliers, for LeBron James, for the Warriors, and for Kevin Durant? And let's start with a timeline here. So right now we are sitting in 2011, early 2011. We start when Baron Davis has just tossed a basketball to Blake Griffin out of a Kia and Blake Griffin has dunked it, and now he's got all these Kia commercials. So, 
Baron Davis doesn't get traded at the trade deadline. And the the NBA lottery odds come in and the Clippers get the number one pick in the draft. So the Clippers land the number one pick in the draft. And they select Kyrie Irving. But what also happens in 2011 is that the Clippers end up trading for Chris Paul. But the deal there doesn't get done until the next season in December of 2011. And in December of 2011, one deal gets vetoed that would have sent Chris Paul to the Los Angeles Lakers. And the deal involved Lamar Odom and Kevin Martin and Luis Scola and Pau Gasol going to the Rockets. And that was the idea for a trade. And the NBA was put on notice there. And then in December of 2011, they still make the trade because it involves Eric Gordon, Al Farouk Aminu, Chris Kamen, and the Timberwolves' unprotected pick in 2012. So, the Clippers can do the thing that we always should have done with Kyrie Irving. Move him to shooting guard. Because guess what they're doing with Kyrie Irving right now with the Brooklyn Nets? Move him to shooting guard. And so after making that move to acquire Chris Paul, make him the true point guard, run the offense through Chris Paul, and make Kyrie Irving a de facto shooting guard with dribble moves, like a DeMar DeRozan, the Lob City Clippers now have CP3, Kyrie Irving, Matt Barnes, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Woo-hoo! Baby, that team is loaded. But... Mind you, Kyrie Irving is still a rookie who's missing most of his rookie year due to knee injuries. Blake Griffin's still in his third year and coming of age. Chris Paul's playing with a new team, and DeAndre Jordan is still not quite DeAndre Jordan yet for the Lob City Clips. So they still have to come into their own a little bit. So they're going to take some time here to kind of figure their shit out. Now let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers' side. So without Kyrie Irving, the Cleveland Cavaliers stink it up in 2012, and they end up selecting Tristan Thompson again with the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Then they get the number one pick in 2013 and select Anthony Bennett. Then the Cleveland Cavaliers get the number one pick in 2014 and select Andrew Wiggins. So their team is looks about the same, but without Kyrie Irving. But without Kyrie Irving, all LeBron can do when he comes over in 2014 is trade for Kevin Love. And is just LeBron and Kevin Love and maybe the promise of another superstar enough to convince LeBron James to come join the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think LeBron's calculated decision decides that the big three are going to run it back one more time. So instead of leaving in 2014, after losing the the final to the San Antonio Spurs and having that fake meeting in Vegas with Pat Riley, LeBron James ends up signing up for another one-and-one contract, like he ends up doing in Cleveland when he joins post 
his second contract. He just signs a bunch of one-year deals. So D. Wade signs a long-term deal. Chris Bosh signs a long-term deal. And LeBron signs a one-year contract with the Miami Heat to run it back one more season in 2015. Mostly because there's nowhere else for LeBron to go at this point. Not only are the Cleveland Cavaliers not in a position to actually contend, and all they can do is trade for Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins, they are in a position now where LeBron James doesn't want to come join them because they don't have enough to compete for a championship right now. But 2015 happens. Think about the other teams that were good in 2014. Like, why couldn't LeBron have signed somewhere else? Think about the other good teams in 2014. And let me ask you if LeBron's actively signing up to join these teams. Lakers suck. Put that out there first and foremost. He's not joining the Clippers. The good teams are Oklahoma City, San Antonio, the Clippers I mentioned before, but they're not any good at this point. Is LeBron going to join those teams? Or, I don't know, Philadelphia sucks. Boston sucks. Are they really, Is he really going to join Oklahoma City and San Antonio or any other city that you can mention that wasn't Los Angeles? So anyways... LeBron ends up going back for one season. In 2015, the Clippers are popping. They are popping in 2015, which was the best year of the Lob City Clippers, where they went up 3-1 on the Houston Rockets. In this scenario, the Clippers end up beating the Houston Rockets, but what ends up becoming after that is derailed by injuries. Kyrie Irving gets hurt in the playoffs like he did when he injured his knee in the NBA Finals in 2015. Injuries kind of derail the season for the Clippers. The best version of the Lob City Clips do end up falling in the Conference Finals to the Warriors. Warriors end up making the NBA Finals against the Miami Heat, who again, Warriors are just so much better than the Miami Heat, and LeBron realizes, yeah, this runs over. Like, we can't keep going back and losing in the Finals year after year after year. So 2015, LeBron's had enough. And what changes the math on this equation, the Cleveland Cavaliers get the number one pick in the 2015 NBA draft for a third consecutive season. The Cleveland Cavaliers get the number one pick in the NBA draft because their team is just Andrew Wiggins and Anthony Bennett, which is exactly what the Minnesota Timberwolves were because they traded Kevin Love. So... The Cleveland Cavaliers now get the number one pick in 2015. They draft Carl Anthony Towns, and LeBron James ends up joining their team. And LeBron James now is ready to bring in Kevin Love. So Minnesota, who still has Kevin Love, goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers and says, We will give you Kevin Love. We just want the number one pick. We just want Carl Anthony Towns, and you can have Kevin Love. And the Cavs oblige, so they make that move. They trade Carl Anthony Towns in exchange for Kevin Love when LeBron first gets there. So Kevin, so Carl Anthony Towns does end up on the Minnesota Timberwolves. He just has to do it by way 
of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And so now the Cavs' big three looks like LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Andrew Wiggins. So that's what they got right now. They got Wiggins Island as their third best player. Their third best player could also be J.R. Smith. But Wiggins Island is scoring 20 points a game. So they're willing to hold on to Wiggins Island and see what he's got, even though he can't play a lick of defense. He's just really good at scoring. So they're willing to wait things out on Wiggins Island. And they trade Dion Waiters for J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert. They bring in Channing Frye. They do all the things. They sign Richard Jefferson. They do all the things the 2016 Cavs ended up doing. And what you have in the West is the 73-9 and Warriors going up against, in the second round of the playoffs, the San Antonio Spurs, whom they got to avoid that year because San Antonio, who won all those games, I'm sorry, wait, no, they have Oklahoma City. Sorry, so San Antonio was the two seed in 2016. Oklahoma City was the three seed. In this new scenario, Clippers play the Spurs. The Warriors play the Thunder in the second round of the playoffs. So, the Golden State Warriors face off against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the Thunder go up 3-1 on the 73-9 Warriors. And they blow the lead in the second round. And then you get to the conference finals against So, Lob City Clips, CP33 to Blake Griff, DeAndre, Karam Butler, and Kyrie Irving make it to the conference finals in 2016. They take a 3-1 lead against the Golden State Warriors of 73-9. and And just like old times for the Clippers, they meet the 73-9 and Warriors. They go up 3-1. They're one game from the NBA Finals. And they blow it again. 3-1 lead for the Clippers. Conference finals. And they lose to the 73-9 Warriors. And so the 73-9 Warriors make it to the NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers of Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins. And unfortunately for LeBron, without Kyrie Irving, Wiggins Island just isn't enough to surplant the 73-9 and Warriors. The series goes six or seven games, but ultimately, the 73-9 and Warriors end up winning the 2016 NBA championship. And this changes the landscape of the NBA forever because LeBron James looks up at the 2016 free agent class and who's sitting right there? But old Kevin Durant... Kevin Durant 
doesn't join the 73 and 9 Warriors that just won the championship. No, he goes and joins the team that not only has a max slot, but just lost the NBA championship to the 73 and 9 Warriors. And that is how Kevin Durant ends up on the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James, Kevin Love, and Wiggins Island, and J.R. Smith, and Iman Shumpert, and Tristan Thompson. All those boys end up together. Well, actually, to be fair, Tristan Thompson may leave in free agency. So maybe not Tristan Thompson, but all those 73 and 9 Warriors teams of Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, after the what that led to ends up being the opposite effect. Yeah, the Warriors win the battle. They get to be 73 and 9, win their second NBA championship, but they lose the war. Because after Kevin Durant joins up, with LeBron and Kevin Love and Wiggins Island. It is championship in 2017, championship in 2018, championship in 2019. The Warriors end up winning the battle but losing the war. LeBron and KD each get three championships each. 2020, who knows what happens with the pandemic season. Maybe LeBron still plays in Cleveland. Maybe Kevin Durant decides he's ready and he goes to Brooklyn in free agency. And then LeBron James, as Kevin Durant leaves for Brooklyn, ends up taking his talents to Los Angeles. And the NBA ends up progressing the way that we all remember it, except everything just back a year. LeBron spent four years in Cleveland, won three championships. Kevin Durant leaves to go to Brooklyn. LeBron ends up leaving to go to Los Angeles. Maybe we remember it all about the same. Who knows? Maybe they end up trading Wiggins Island for CP3. Maybe Kevin Love ends up not re-upping on that contract and leaving leaving LeBron and Kevin Durant at the altar. Who knows? There's a lot of different funky scenarios, but if as long as you have Kevin Durant and as long as you have LeBron James, you're winning three straight championships, 2017, 2018, 2019. So LeBron and KD each add three championships, The Warriors dynasty walks away with two instead of three. You've got Kawhi, obviously, in 2019. Doesn't win the championship because of the dominance of the Cleveland Cavaliers. In Toronto, he ends up going to the Clippers anyways. Just one less championship in his repertoire. And uh, from that point forward, I guess NBA history kind of progresses as usual. If the Lakers end up trading for Anthony Davis... And signing LeBron James, they just get to play together. And LeBron never has that lost season where he played with Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and all the baby Lakers and missed the playoffs because he pulled his groin. But now LeBron's got five NBA championships. And if you throw in the one from the bubble, that's six NBA championships for good old LeBron James. And Kevin Durant ends up on Brooklyn with three championships in a Stone Cold Mercenary style. But instead of living in the Bay Area, he had to go live in Cleveland, which is kind of a punishment in and of itself. Boom, roasted Cleveland, take your L. So again, for the Lob City Clips, they end up breaking up after that anyways. And then CP3 requested a trade, and he gets traded. And then a couple months later, Kyrie Irving demanded a trade from Cleveland. So we could still say he gets traded to Boston. But uh, the Clippers really end up with not a lot in exchange for CP3 and for Kyrie Irving. They're kind of like 
how do we rebound and rebuild that team with all those superstars to set themselves up for Kawhi and company? Because now we're looking at a scenario where the Clippers with Kawhi end up having Colin Sexton thrown into the mix. So you can have Colin Sexton as a potential trade chip. So let's say with Kawhi Leonard in tow, the Clippers, after that trade, I guess all they really got was Colin Sexton for Kyrie Irving. So assuming the Clippers make the same crappy trade that the Cavs did, and assuming they make the same trade for Chris Paul to the Rockets. So you've got a team coming in with Kawhi Leonard in 2019 that has, let's see, maybe even Jay Crowder sticks around for a while. Who knows? But you still have a team with Isaiah Thomas, whom they end up flipping to the Lakers. We could say that too. Let's say they end up flipping Isaiah Thomas to the Lakers. So then you have, this is the team that the Clippers have in tow here. So you've got, Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George trade. You could trade Shy Gilgis Alexander, but you might also have to throw in Gallinari there. So let's say same trade there. So the Clippers, you've got Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Montrez Harrell, Ivica Zubach, Larry Nance Jr., Jordan Clarkson, and Colin Sexton. That team is deep and stacked, and you could argue that that team might not end up losing to the Nuggets last season in the NBA bubble. If you add Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton to that team, it's going to be tough to beat the Clippers, man. That extra Kyrie Irving trade chip would have meant a lot more to them than it would the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like That team looks absolutely loaded. Or they might trade Colin Sexton instead of SGA, so maybe they still get to keep SGA. And they still had Landry Shamet at that point. Man, the Clippers were deep. Maybe they trade for another star instead of Paul George. Like they maybe they go get someone else in a trade scenario. Like at the deadline, they went and got, I don't know, like who who would have been available this year? Maybe they go get Vucevic. Like maybe they go swing some of those extra pieces to get Vucevic. So yeah, the Clippers, they got extra pieces in there. Whew, that team looks epic going forward. So it changes a lot. Kyrie Irving going to the Clippers. It's an epic what-if story of massive future NBA proportions. And I hope you enjoyed this what-if Wednesday here on the Take It Easy podcast, where in summation, Clippers make two Western Conference finals and lose twice to the Warriors with Kyrie Irving. They end up walking away with Colin Sexton and Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson in exchange for Kyrie Irving and get Patrick Beverly and Lou Will and Montrez Harrell for the Rockets in exchange for Chris Paul. And the Los Angeles Clippers still get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. LeBron spends an extra year in Miami where they lose the finals to the Warriors, goes to Cleveland with Kevin Love, whom they trade for Carl Anthony Towns. So he's got a big three of him, Kevin Love and Andrew Wiggins, that lose to the 73-9 Warriors in 2016, which leads to them signing Kevin Durant and winning three consecutive championships from 2017, 2018, and 2019. What if all the Clippers had to do was not trade Baron Davis for an un- Baron Davis with an unprotected first-round pick for Mo Williams? Because they would have ended up with Kyrie Irving, and even if they don't win a championship still would have formed an epic team that with that would have been really fun to watch with one of the OG big fours with this awesome rap anthem. I'm not finished.
Alright y'all, I want to wrap up today's podcast with an amazing little video that just tickles me every time I hear it at this point. So I felt you guys would enjoy it too and I can't believe that I went like four days without knowing that this video existed because it's one of the funniest things in the world. Um, Right up there with Hornets Broadcaster. So all the time we make mistakes on here and I like sinking into them a bunch. I was hoping we'd make a mistake today so that I could play this clip earlier in the show. But I think something I want to do now is every time I make a catastrophic mistake on the air, I want to just give myself a little tickle. Not that I care. Like, I mean, I love the professionalism aspect of it. And like I talked about yesterday, if you go find some of our old tapes from like 2019, like summer of 2019, deep in the repertoire of our podcast, you will see just some really bad mistakes and just tapes that I wish could be burned. But with that being said, there are a lot of storylines like, there, there's a lot of times where I mess up while I'm being professional, and I don't care that much about it, but I've got to sink into it, because if I just gloss over it, then you sound like just a dude who's like, I'm just going to ignore the fact that I just made this mistake, when it might be hilariously funny. So sink into it is just generally a good rule for that stuff. But what I wanted to laugh at here, and it just tickles me every time I hear it, is Mike Breen who is calling the Celtics and Knicks game. Again, for those who may not know, Mike Breen is the lead voice of the ESPN broadcast for the NBA Finals. Mike Breen is bang, bang. That's Mike Breen. And he also, as a side gig, besides being the lead voice of the NBA on ESPN and ABC, calling the NBA Finals, his year-to-year job is calling New York Knicks games for... Their radio station, which I think is MSNY, if I recall correctly. So, shout out to them for the sound that I'm definitely stealing. But, here is Mike Breen calling. So, again, just for context here. Mike Breen is calling a ball that has just been a long rebound missed by the New York Knicks. It's rebounded by Boston and saved from going out of bounds by throwing it to universally beloved gentle giant taco fall who's in the game because boston has already clinched the sixth seed and they put all their backups in the game it's like carson edwards and peyton pritchard and taco fall and they're losing by like 20 points to the knicks who need this win to clinch the number four seed and this is the last day of the regular season and this is the call that mike breen made on this ball being saved past a taco fall and then taco fall moves it up the floor for the Boston Celtics, who are down 20 in the third quarter of the last game of the regular season. Noel 
keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> it, it tickles me every time. Look, let's play it again. It, it just tickles me. Noel keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> so, I think every time, by the way, I know it's a podcast and it looks weird, but every time I pause it, I play it myself so I can get the feel of it for when it plays on the podcast. So, like, if I click pause right now. Noel keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. <laughs> then I can come back to you guys right now and just feel that little tickle. It's like a tickle inside my tummy every time I hear that funny sound of Mike Breen calling Taco Fell Taco Bell. Um, it, so that's why like it's a podcast platform. Anyways, that's just behind the scenes garbage there. Um, yeah, that, that sound is fantastic. So I think every time I make a mistake that's like really catastrophic, I think I'm just going to like instantly cut in with that sound, just stop recording and just cut in with that sound of Mike Breen calling Taco Fall Taco Bell. And I think I might have to explain the joke a few times, but for those of you loyal listeners who have made it this far in the Take It Easy podcast on a Wednesday before the NBA play-in tournament, you guys get that special special background information so that you understand the inside jokes here you guys understand the inside jokes that we make here on the take it easy podcast because you guys are the loyal listeners of this podcast and to those loyal listeners of the podcast i love you so much thank you for all the support that you give to this incredible thing that we do here Um, the support has just been unbelievable over the past few years well, I guess a couple of years. We're coming up on two years now. But if we're going back to the Instagram days, we can go back a few years. So thank you to everyone who keeps tuning into the Take It Easy podcast. It is so, so appreciative. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in to the Take It Easy podcast. If you're listening on Apple, leave those five-star ratings. Download those episodes. Follow. Leave a review. Most importantly, download some episodes for us. Uh, Those always feel good to see those numbers go up because dopamine shots. Uh, If you're listening on Spotify, follow, download some episodes, uh, follow us on Instagram as well, and check out our YouTube channel. We had a fun live stream yesterday. We'll probably do another one sometime tonight for the Lakers-Warriors game. So we also have that and the radio show today. So check all of that out over on YouTube. I think YouTube is working now. Um... Take it easy, everyone. Enjoy Mike Breen and his Taco Bell. Noel keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh my God. Oh my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. <laughs>